We're making a big deal out of some violins. Denmark is breaking my heart for the second year in a row. And of course, it wouldn't be complete without some bad boy booty. We got all that and more on this week's Eurovangelists. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Eurovangelists. I am Jeremy Bent. I'm Oscar Montoya. And I am Dimitri Pompey. And we are the Eurovangelists, of course. And oh my word, do we have a lot of national finals to get through this week. We are talking our way through Germany's Das Deutsche Final, Moldova's Etapa Nationala, Lithuania's Eurovigia LT, Denmark's Melody Grand Prix, and Estonia's Istilau. Wow, that is a lot of show. <laughs> it was the most super of Saturdays. Thankfully, the schedule gets much easier from here. Uh, yes, this indeed. was a trial and i love this this is what i do i enjoy this i was tired for our eurovision newbies a super saturday is when a bunch of national finals are on one weekend and i believe this is the most super saturday we're going to get this year Mm -hmm. five eurovision finals five new eurovision songs thanks to five finals but before we get into it we've been getting some really fantastic emails and they've only increased since mentioning them So I thought I'd mention one right at the top of the show because it's sort of relevant. We're going to, I assume, absolutely butcher some names this week. (laughs) Sorry. Estonia, I'm looking your direction. Some of those are very challenging for English speakers, uh, but we I promise you we will try and do our best. But we wanted to offer to our international listeners a way to help us out on the show. Uh, we've been getting some very nice emails uh, from listeners in Norway, in Finland, uh, all over the place who have been helping us with our pronunciation. In fact, I'd like to shout out Ethan, a Norwegian living here in America who offered uh, some commentary. We got a little tripped up by the Norwegian entries Uh, this year there's the band that won norway's mgp which is gote but we were talking about super rob who through dimitri's detective work we found out is gaute ormason but i believe we said gata it was a disaster it was a mess we were all over we tried our best i promise we tried hard (laughs) (laughs) but you know i welcome the corrections because everyone's been so lovely and kind about them you know how the internet is it could be a lot worse but people are saying hey guys great job good try buddies you completely botched it but here are some tips to help you nail it. And that's like, that's so nice. Thank you so much. Yeah. And so now we can confirm from a Norwegian speaker that the Norwegian winner is Gota and the man behind Superob is Gauta. I know that was really weighing heavy on a lot of our listeners' minds. <laughs> well, you know, the the difference is one won and the other didn't. So yeah. it's important yeah, exactly. to know which one. Yeah, exactly. We only need to know one from now on. <laughs> yeah, and from here on out, it's going to be mostly to talk. <laughs> but Ethan, thank you so much for sending that. And we'd like to uh, extend that invite to all of our listeners who are in Europe. And if we mess something up, we're going to call this new segment Slavic English uh, in honor of one of our uh, not loved faves uh, from this Eurovision season. Mm-hmm. If you have an, uh, a pronunciation that we have messed up and you are confident you've got the right answer, please send us an email at eurovangelist at gmail.com and we'll shout you out on the air and we will get it right from there on out. I promise you. No, we won't. Yeah. And if we have any Estonian listeners, you are going to be busy this episode. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very sorry about that in advance. Okay. Like I said, we got a lot of show. So why don't we start off by taking a trip 
to Berlin, Germany for Germany's Das Deutsche Finale 2024. We've got ourselves nine entries competing at Studio Berlin Aldershof. What do we think of Das Deutsche Finale? Well, I'll tell you an interesting thing about the way these folks were selected. Eight of them were internal selections, while one of them went mm. through a contest. It was almost like oh. a reality TV kind of American Idol thing in Germany. It was basically called I Want to Go to Eurovision. Very efficient. Yeah, Germans, sure. You know what they do. <laughs> the winner of that contest was Florian, in fact. So when we look at Florian and we look at the song Scars, that was the person who won the reality show to get the last spot in the German final. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of sad that Florian did all that hard work just to come in last place. Well, tied for last. <laughs> tied for last. You're right. You're right. I was down, back up. I In terms of song selection, you know, this was typical German. I was worried that this would happen after last year because they went super hard with an amazing yeah. entry that came in last place. place and they saw, so now it's let's get some boring middle of the road kind of stuff out there. Yeah. It's so interesting to think of Germany wanting to be on the safer side versus a country like Ireland, who's all about taking huge risks and swinging big. Yeah. It's sort of like they did a role reversal there. But yeah, it was very much a lot of like very safe ballads, like rock ballads to me. The ones that stood out to me were the kind of kooky, weird ones. Yeah, I agree. I was away this weekend, so I did not get to watch a lot of these live, but I listened to all these German entries on Spotify and my notes are like fine anthemy meh ballad meh pop <laughs> adult contemporary ballad <laughs> love on a budget I just wrote topical <laughs> <laughs> kind of none of these stood out to me to be perfectly honest none not one not really wow. I think this final might have the smallest delta between what I liked and what I didn't like mm. in that I wasn't passionate about any of them. Yeah. The one that I thought should have won was the only one I would say, okay, I like this. Which was? I was a big fan of Mari Rem. And this is not going to help the belief that some people have about my snobbery when it comes to Eurovision. <laughs> but Marie Reim is Michelle's daughter, and she performed in 2001, which, and that's pretty neat. Nepo baby. <laughs> she is an, a Eurovision Nepo baby. And I don't know about this. I think I'm correct about this, but if someone knows differently, please show me or, or tell me. But I don't think there's ever been a child of a Eurovision contender who ever made it to Eurovision. Lots of them have competed, mm. but none of them have ever made it. So I thought for sure Mari Rem was going to be the one, and she was not. Well, you know why? We need to have Johnny Logan have a baby with Lorene, and then uh -uh. that baby will be the winner of every single Eurovision. Lorene Logan, can you imagine the power? Oh my I, gosh, I, I, yes. I'm shaking in my boots. Wait, Dimitri, remind us which one was Marie Rem? My German isn't particularly great. The song is Naif. Naif. But what was that performance? I don't remember. Uh, that was her singing in the middle of, I believe, five shirtless muscular men. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. I, I do remember. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, fine. Like, look, I liked it the best, but didn't win, and I'm not mad about it. So 
Oscar, you said you like the kookier ones. What did you like? Yeah, what's the one with the cats? Oh, I okay. I will say that is the one song that I think I had a positive note about. I just said cool. Yeah, it just sounded cool. It was different. I liked the group. What's the name of that song? Who's that? <laughs> I'm not helpful at all with like naming. I think names. you're talking about Galant with the song Cats. Oh, <laughs> naturally. <laughs> Another week, another cat song. Exactly. See, the cat game is strong. You're either a witch or you're their familiar. Yeah, I was going to say, it all plays into the year of the witch. Cats are allowed in a witch universe. Absolutely, yeah. I think that is witch adjacent for sure. If the song was Hond, which I believe is how you say dog in German, no go. That's a hard pass. (laughs) Get that out of there. I like this one. That was fun too. Yeah, the song was so different. It stood out and the presentation I thought was the most successful out of all of them. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but other than that, It was just so mid for me. It was pretty mid. I'm a 41-year-old man, so I don't know if I'm allowed to use the word mid, but (laughs) mid is one of those new slang words where I'm like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. That show was mid as hell. Mm -hmm. And speaking of mid, too, let's talk about the winner. Yeah, right? (laughs) Always on the run. Not to slag on this guy too much because he sang the hell out of that song. But the song is just okay. It it didn't really make much of an impact on me. Yeah, I've heard songs like this compete in Eurovision and weirdly not not do well. So to me, it just feels so interesting that you would get Isaac. I heard the song and I said, okay, he sings. He's a good singer, but this song is so boring. There's no way this is going to win. And, you know, egg on my face because it ended up winning. And it swept by any point total, by any system that you use, that song won hands down. It swept Germany. I don't know that he's going to have the same reception at Eurovision. You're absolutely right. And it's a shame. Listening over the last few weeks, I realize I've been a little negative. <laughs> what, you, Dimitri? No, no, no. I would say, I wouldn't say it's negative. I would say selective. Selective. So, mm-hmm. yes, Isaac is a great singer. Yeah, he really is. I think this is a classic case of amazing singer being paired with the absolute wrong song. Mm. A lot of people have been calling it Germany's Embers. Uh, for all of us who uh, know of James Newman mm. from 2020 and 2021. Oh, God, no. That was the UK entry, and no one liked it. Out of the Embers, you and I gonna light up the room. Dead last, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that year there was a couple of nil point given, uh, and that was one of them for sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like he's the archetype. There's an archetype of those kind of guys who sing really earnest ballads, and they never do well, ever, 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 ever. More so than any Eurovision year. We have about half, we have more than half the songs now. This is anyone's game at this point. It's not like last year, where like we all kind of knew it was going to be Sweden that last year. Whether we, we fought against it, we railed against it, or we accepted it, we all kind of knew. This year is wide open. Yeah, it really could go any direction. And you kind of see like the countries are swinging. Some countries are swinging for the fences and they're being rewarded. Absolutely. For it. Germany chose not to. And I don't think that's going to do them any favors. And the other thing, too, is that because Germany is one of the five, 
Yeah, they don't have to worry about that semis. Which is good, but on the on the other hand, they don't they can't like experiment their song. Like they don't have the luxury, honestly, of the or the example of like trying it out in the semis. Let's tweak this or tweak that. Yeah. Like, that's a fair point, Oscar, because a real example of this was Corolla in 2006. She had to compete in the semis and she blew her voice out on a oh, note no. that she really shouldn't have tried to go for. Oh, no. So in the final, she's like, you know what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to go for that note. And she did something a little easier on her vocal cords, but it was still very vocally interesting to hear. And she came in fifth. Is this Invincible? This is Invincible, oh, yes. Great song. Great song. Love that song. So when you have that opportunity to weigh your semi-performance against final, you have the top three to make those changes you need to do well. And Germany's not getting that this time. Yeah, and if you only have one shot at it, you're like, I'm going all the way. And then you're going to blow mm -hmm. your voice out. <laughs> mm -hmm. I wish Isaac luck, but I don't know how far he can go with this song. We'll see. We might be dead wrong. They, this might be the winner. Who knows? That's true. He might have us always on the run. No, it won't. <laughs> Wait, Jeremy, you insinuated that we were running away from the song, which is not wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, yeah, that's that's the uh, direction I'm going to be going from this song. <laughs> He's running straight to 26th place. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. There's worse songs. Yeah, come on. Let's let's give him some credit. There's maybe some worse songs. Uh, to that's fair. That's fair. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And if you can believe it, there's still four more national finals to talk about after the break. So we'll see you in a minute. The following are real reenactments of pretend emergency calls. 911. My husband! It's my husband! Calm down, please. What about your husband? He, he loads the dishwasher wrong. Please help. Please help me. Where are you now, ma'am? At the kitchen table. I was with my dad. He mispronounced his words intentionally. There are plenty of podcasts on the hunt for justice, but only one podcast has the courage to take on the silly crimes. Judge John Hodgman, the only true crime podcast that won't leave you feeling sad and bad and scared for once. Only on MaximumFun.org. Welcome back to Eurovangelist, everybody. Okay, we've talked about Germany. We got four more great finals to talk about. Why don't we move on to Chisinau, Moldova, where we can talk about Etapa Nacional 2024. 11 competitors in their national final. What do we think of this show? I have one complaint about Etapa Nacional right off the bat, which is it's another show where the audience isn't up against the stage. They got these huge, you know, the competitor couches where they watch and wait. So the first couple of performers, they're performing for no one. <laughs> that stinks to me. It reminds me of when people are first starting off improv and like one team will be filling up the audience. And then as soon as the <laughs> first team is done, the audience will then run on stage and they'll switch places. It's yeah. just, it, it, it's not who you're supposed to be performing for. Like, yeah. you're not supposed to be singing to the other artists. You're supposed to be singing to the audience. Come on, man. Yeah, it's it's not a good thing when you compare Eurovision to an improv show. <laughs> not great. That should not be the performance standard you're yeah. trying to match. I have two complaints about this show. <laughs> two major complaints. Number one, it wasn't a good sign. It was not an auspicious sign when the first 17 minutes of the show were completely skippable. Literally nothing happened. Oh boy. Literally nothing happened. <laughs> Deeply frustrating. 
And just like Germany, they did another ABBA medley. This one was with an orchestra, which is very cool. But I find it very frustrating that all these ABBA medleys do not include their 1973 Melfest entry, Ring Ring. That is literally a song in Eurovision history, and no one ever covers it. I love Ring Ring. Dimitri, we got to get you on some juries or some planning committees for these <laughs> national finals so they can really get up to speed. The big notes this year are not enough Take Me to Your Heaven and not enough yeah. Ring Ring. Mm -hmm. You know, I have one complaint, and that is that two songs had the same title in them, Fever, and they were back to back. Yeah, you could not do that. <laughs> maybe maybe don't do that. Maybe have one at the beginning and one at the end. That'd be a nice little cap. But it, it just is not a good look when Catalina shows up and does Fever and then Victor shows up and does Fever right after. I'm like, huh, I'm having deja vu. It's not a cute look. It's kind of embarrassing for both of those performers. Yes, I would be mad. I'd be mad if I were either one of those. Yeah, because you're like, I just did that. Or you're like, oh, come on. <laughs> You know, <laughs> it's like they canceled each other out. Yeah. It's like, just put them at different points in the show. Like, I'm sure yes. it's random and that's why that happened. But it's like, yeah, but think about it, man. <laughs> that's one. Even if it's random, you can put your thumb on the scale and be like, let's just let's just move these. Right. Yeah. Like, make them third and eighth. It's not going to change anything that dramatically. Right. Exactly. Oh, God. It was just so weird. Now, this is interesting. This is the first of two from the same weekend where two competitors got the same score. Mm -hmm. Oh, that did happen. Yeah, but because of the rules, there wasn't like a runoff or anything. It was like, oh, well, even though they have the same score as this other person, this person wins. And that's kind of weird. The tie-breaking procedure is very controversial in Moldova because in most mm. countries when this happens, the tie-break goes to the televote winner, the audience pick, the people's pick. Makes sense. Moldova, the tie goes to the jury pick. Mm, interesting. Well, because, you know, if they went normal Eurovision rules, we would have had a different winner. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Moldova breaking all the rules. Let's talk about these two songs because they both got the high scores. Let's talk about Valeria Pasha's Anti-Princess first. I loved it. I thought this was going to win. I, this is very fun. Very fun, very European, sort of like broken, a Slavic English. A little Slavic English uh, <laughs> up in this entry. Which I love. It's very endearing. But and she the was choreography was incredible. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she was selling it. Yeah, in terms of performance, I had no complaints whatsoever. The song itself was not for me, but mm. the way she was moving and grooving and the way that her team was working with her as she was moving, in terms of stage presentation, could not be denied. Yes, absolutely. On the other hand, you have Natalia Barbuz in the middle, which is literally, it feels like a, the polar opposite. Yeah, which truly. Is, it's composed. It's got like these witch, I mean, I'm going to say it, the witches. It's a coven again. I think she's a witch. Yeah, these feel like Soviet era witches. Exactly. You know? They're like, yes, yes, they're yes. running like a ballerina school or something or a. Some yes, sort of very Suspiria. Mm -hmm. Yes, these are the Suspiria witches. Yes. Yeah. Instead of ballet school, it's music school. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
does it surprise anyone that I like this song a lot? <laughs> nope, not even a little bit. No, not at all. But you know what? I also love this song too. And I think, you know, inversely to Dimitri's Anti-Princess, I would say the song, eh, fine. But the presentation of it, I said, oh, this is special. This mm -hmm. is really cool because... It's like a group of women all looking exactly the same. One of them is singing, but the rest of them are also lip syncing. So you can't really tell who's singing. It has that effect. And there's two sets of microphones and one is for the violin and one is for their voice. And they switch. It's just like really well done. I, I don't know. I just I got goosebumps uh, watching that performance. I will say we're making a big deal about these violins and they oh. really only play into the song for like a few seconds, you know? <laughs> And I'm kind of like, I wanted something a little bit more dynamic. I, if we're going to make such a, a big thing out of the violins, either let's make it a bigger part of the song or let's make it a bigger part of the staging. You say more cowbell. Yeah, I want a little <laughs> more cowbell. It's the part of the song I like and I want a little bit more. I agree with that 100%. And it's, their, it's to their detriment not to include more of it because when you bring a violin to Eurovision, typically you do pretty well. Uh, here we go. Look at Alexander Rebeck. Look at Nocturne. Oh, that's true. Look at Moldova 2022. Folklore and rock and roll. Oh, folklore and rock and roll. And they absolutely killed it. When you let the violin take center stage in your Eurovision performance, that's statistically pretty good for you. So I hope they do a revamp. Oh, spoiler alert, Natalia won. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, these were the two songs that had the same point total, but Natalia got the deuce point from the jury. So officially she edges out uh, Anti-Princess as the winner. Would you like to know a fun fact about Natalia? Are you kidding me? Of course. Thus far, Natalia is the only previous Eurovision artist to win a national final. Mm. Many have tried. There, we'll talk about a couple of them later, but remember in Il Volo, tried it at San Remo, right. as did Mahmoud, as did Margaret Berger, Kano, and a couple others. They all lost. Mm. When did we last see Natalia? We saw Natalia in 2007 with her song Fight. Plays pretty well. It came in 10th place. Okay. Well, she's got a very distinctive song this year, so I wish her all the success. I hope she comes in even higher this time. Wait, can I ask, like, was everyone's favorite song either one of those too, or was there like a hidden gem that didn't quite win that you really were pushing for? I will be honest, I was away this weekend, so I did not have enough time to watch all the Madolvin songs, so I don't know. I enjoyed O.L. and her toilet paper sleeves. I think she had a great <laughs> <Really>? song. But <laughs> just because she's dressed like a mummy doesn't mean that she's not a great performer. It was just so funny. It's like, and you have mummy, uh, you know, strings and then like a wind blowing. So of course it's going to get all over your face when you're singing. It got all over her face. Oh no. I said, oh girl, no, maybe no wind machine. She didn't get the memo. She thought we were just doing horror monsters. We're only doing witches this year. Oh, well, yeah. only witches. She's straight too far from the horror genre. No mummies. We're talking witches here. What did you like, Oscar? Valeria Pasha's Anti-Princess was my favorite, but I am happy that Natalia won mm -hmm. because, again, it's like a different vibe for Moldova. Yeah, you haven't seen that Moldovan song in a while. Yeah, so I I'm excited. I'm excited for Natalia and her coven of, of music witches. Well, from one tie to another, we're going to go to Klaipeda, Lithuania, that's probably wrong. Uh, my Lithuanian listeners, I do apologize for that one. But we are excited to talk about Eurovisia LT and the 10 participants in the final here. Uh, again, we had a tie. We mm -hmm. sure did. 
And it was the exact same situation with the reverse result. Yes. <laughs> where they both had the same score. One got deuce point from the jury. One got deuce point from the public. And the other got 10 points from the jury and 10 points from the public. But in Lithuania, the rule is the public vote wins. So we could have had two completely different entries depending on where these finals happen. It's very weird. Yes. I think in both cases, the right choice was made. Anti-Princess would have been great. But there is a big difference between Sylvester Belt and showers impossible. I, yeah, I do agree with you on that one where I'm like, I think both of these were probably ultimately the right choice, even though they were picked by opposite methods. Mm -hmm. Well, first off, what do we think of the show? What do we think of the presentation? You know, I got to say out of the five uh, Super Saturday shows that we watched, this was by far my favorite. Oh, really? Mm, interesting. I think all the songs, I was really feeling all the songs, the variety of music. It was a nice hooked, variety, yeah. Yes. And it had exactly what I wanted, like true bops. We got sweet little ballads that felt different. Mm -hmm. And then you got your no stereotypical, like whatever lame song. And then you had your insane Eurovision number with Kaboom. We finally got some real nutso Eurovision. <laughs> Can we just, let's just talk about Kaboom. Yeah, let's you talk know, about Kaboom. There's bro. no avoiding Kaboom. The VB gang the is VB the gang. artist. The song is Kaboom. And I just thought it was really cool that they let Sub-Zero from Mortal Kombat <laughs> perform on the Eurovision stage with three pairs of sunglasses on his head. It was so cool. It reminded me of Kim Petra's meets mm. Charlie XCX, mm. meets Aqua, meets Eiffel 65, meets the, the blue alien creature on the motorcycle. Do you know what I'm talking about? Blue In the early 2000s? Has a song called, anyway, whatever. It just, <laughs> that's what it reminded me of. And I got my life. It was so fun. And I'm like, I want to see more of this. Yeah, I'm not surprised they didn't win, but I do love <laughs> having a song like Kaboom in a lineup because you're like, what the heck is this? What a delightful little interlude of insanity. Exactly. And then, and then you're like, okay, well, off we go. <laughs> yeah, not to the real music. Just kidding. It That's a real song too. <laughs> um, but to me also, what I loved about this is that to me, the expected entry that I thought was going to win didn't win. And I'm talking about The Roop's Simple Joy. Yeah. The Roop has competed in Eurovision and done incredibly well. They're iconic artists and their song. I was like, okay, I think they're going to do well because they're The Roop, but let's hear the song because it might just be like a snooze fest. And I was very into the song. Well, first, as we're talking about The Roop, I want to play for people my first exposure to The Roop, which is their song Discotech from, is this 2021? 2021, yes. And I'm like, this song rules. They're great. So when I heard they were competing again, I was like, yes, I can't wait. I think my issue with this is it doesn't feel like a Roop song. No, they canoed. They've performed three times at this final, <laughs> yeah. and this third time was their least their good weakest song. entry. Yeah, mm. and Simple Joy is not a bad song. It's not a bad song when you have given me on fire, which yes. was in 2020 a real contender Amazing to song. win. Yep. 
Like a lot of people had their money on the route to win the whole thing in 2020 before it was canceled. You give me Discotech, which does incredibly well. Such a great mm-hmm. song. I think better than On Fire, personally. I was shocked that I didn't like Simple Joy to the degree that I like those. Can I make a theory here? Yeah, let's hear it. Because I disagree. I think Simple Joy is a Roop, the Roop song. It could be an iconic song. I think the thing that we were missing was handography. We were missing simple You're not wrong. choreography that everyone wanted to do because that's what the Roop is known for. They're known for doing simple choreography, and they didn't do that in Simple Joy. You had him doing the Charleston at some yeah. point. We'll post a link in the show notes because if you listen to that clip of Discotech and we're like, I don't get the big deal about this song, please watch the performance of Discotech yes. because Oscar is completely correct. Their choreography is so fun and so just silly and engaging. And simple. And simple. And it was not there in, in ironically, Simple Joy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's where I think people were like, this is not my The Roop. Yeah. This is something else, you know? There was even a judge on the Lithuanian jury who was kind of like, eh, I kind of feel like The Roop is getting a little too into Eurovision. And I hope they start doing other songs. Mm. I mean, yes, they made it to the to the super final. They used the super final format in Lithuania. The top three performed, yeah. Yes, but even in Lithuania, it didn't go. So it's truly a sign that this might not be the one. This is interesting because Ethan, our Norwegian listener who's in the States, who emailed us about uh, pronunciation, also pointed out about Kaino this year. was like, he says... I think Norwegians didn't vote for Kaino this year because they've done it twice already and it would have been too similar to have them win again. Mm-hmm. And I kind of get that, right? Where it's like, oh, we're going to have the root for a third time? That has happened before in Eurovision past. We'll discuss that in a little bit here. But uh, I put this on our Instagram. If the Roop had won or Monica Maria had won, it would be the fifth year in a row when Lithuania was represented by either the Roop or a woman named Monica. Okay, which is weird. Mm. <laughs> which is a little weird. So, you know, perhaps by choosing Sylvester, who we should probably start discussing now. Yeah, let's talk about Sylvester. They want to do something different. Different they did, because this is not anything compared to the last four entries that Lithuania has done. Yeah, this is quite different, I think. Yeah. How would you describe this song and performance? It's got a little Euro dance to it. It's a little clubby. It's a little clubby. It's it's pretty low key is what I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say like take Troy Sivan, mm. put him in a jacket, make him study abroad in Lithuania, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and then this is the song you're going to get. Luke Telk, which I'm sure we are probably not doing justice to, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I don't dislike this song. I don't think it's got enough pop to win Eurovision. Yeah, it, it wasn't my favorite song. Uh, absolutely not. But it was fun. It was a fun yeah, song. Yeah, I don't, I don't dislike it. Yeah, I'd like to take some time to like look at the lyrics again, because on first glance, I'm like, I'm not really sure what this is about. It doesn't seem to have a lot going for it. There are people who mm. are saying it, it might actually be, if you understand the context behind it, a an anti-war song, which would mm. make sense, because guess who's right next door? 
to Russia. Mm-hmm. Lithuania. Lithuania. Uh, Luktok in Lithuanian apparently means wait. The lyrics seem to be mostly about a relationship, but it's like, oh, hold on, give me more time. But then you have verses where it's like, am I still alive? Do you still know who I am? The sun isn't cupping up, which I think maybe is perhaps talking about something that is not a relationship. I think there's more to this song. And I think that the weight of the lyrics, once we finally understand what they're about, don't really match with the staging quite yet. Again, the national finals are different than the actual Eurovision for, uh, competition. So who knows what he's going to do? I'm excited to see the video for this song because I think it's going to give a lot more context to what we're hearing. But in terms of performance, you know, Sylvester, he is a junior Euro- Eurovision competitor who oh. elevated himself up to the to the grand stage. And Made it to the big show. Yeah, he's doing really well. He's very popular. He's got a good look. He knows how to handle himself on stage. I think his voice is interesting and good. So strong choice. Yeah, I do like it more than Showers Impossible, which oh, also yes, scored 22 points. God, <laughs> how? <laughs> but I found quite boring and I think would have done notably worse than Luke Telk would do yes. in the final. I find it. Sylvester Belt is just lucky the VB gang and their chicken dance <laughs> didn't make it to the super final because uh, who knows? What a shame. They were came in fourth. They were so close. <laughs> so close. I think it was the floor humping during their performance. That, that <laughs> yeah, that's really- right. We'll also post a link in the show notes to VB gang's kaboom because brother, you got to watch you that must. performance. <laughs> you must. All right. That's three national finals down. Let's move on to our second Melody Grand Prix. Uh, there's not just one, but two Melody Grand Prix. One we've already done, that's Norway's, which had a lot of great songs, and I, I really enjoyed watching. And this year, we are headed to Copenhagen for Denmark's Melody Grand Prix with its eight competitors. Yeah, what do we think of this show? I hate this show so much. <laughs> yeah, Dimitri, Penny, for your thoughts? Dimitri alerted me in advance. He's like, I got a lot to complain about with <laughs> Denmark's MGP. And I'm like, all right, well, uh, I'll clear the floor for you. Remember at the start of the show where I said I wanted to be more positive? Yeah, you're blowing it, buddy. We're suspending <laughs> that for this. Second. All right. I think it comes down to what I believe George Carlin said, that when you look <laughs> at what makes a pessimist, it's just a disappointed optimist. Mm. Because traditionally, as I've gone through all the Eurovisions, Denmark has been one of my favorite nations of all time, especially in the 80s. They had an act that made it to Eurovision three times, Kristen and Soren, and I mm-hmm. love Kristen Soren. I love them so much. And this year is the 40th anniversary of their first Eurovision appearance. And Kristen was there. Oh. Right. So I was like, oh, man, here we go. We're going to get a tasty treat. Here's the 1984 Denmark song. She's right there. We're going to honor a legendary Danish singer. I mean, the woman came in third to Celine Dion. That's no joke. This is a person who deserves respect. And all we got was a few video clips of their three performances that lasted maybe 30 seconds, and they never talked about it again. Uh, That's a bummer. (laughs) Yeah, that's the Denmark I've come to know. I don't like that. (laughs) Denmark has been on a downslide for a while now. We got a lovely email, lovely helpful email from a listener named Helene. Thank you so much, Helene, for your amazing email explaining why Denmark is breaking my heart over and over again. (laughs) Is that a reference to Riley? (laughs) <laughs> it should it is it is Denmark is breaking your heart 
<laughs> not in terms of the song that won, but in the fact that like this shouldn't be happening to what was a Eurovision powerhouse for a period of time. And you see it in the artist selection. There's this feud going on with the Danish music industry, the Danish Eurovision delegation, and the people who are submitting to DMGP because it's kind of like what the UK what has been going through in the recent years where people are afraid that if they go on DMGP, their careers are going to uh, tank uh-huh. because oh, they've seen it happen. There is a real documented story, and this is in the heydays of DMGP, where there was a guy, a, a famous Danish artist named Tommy Seabach. He made it to he made it to Eurovision three times, a three-time DMGP winner. And the last time he did so poorly, it basically ruined his career. Ugh. To the point where he kind of drank himself to death and died because he was just so depressed about how badly his Eurovision performance had gone. So the fear of ruining your career, both at DMGP and at Eurovision, if you do poorly, it's real. So a lot of Denmark's best artists aren't even bothering to submit. Eurovision artists who compete and then have a disappointing showing at Eurovision, I beg you, take stock of your life, breathe for a second, and then do the obvious path. Go to San Marino, bring your song there, <laughs> and like a phoenix, rise from the ashes. You could be the next Nebulosa, you know? Yeah, exactly. But it hurts me because I love this nation. I love their history. And when you look at the selection of songs, the eight we got, once again, it's just safe, boring. And there are some strange choices here. We'll talk about yeah. one of them in particular. But I just, this is not the Denmark I know. And I know Denmark can do better. I mostly agree with you, Dimitri. A lot of my notes on these songs are like, this is fine, not good enough, ballad, uh, sweet, not enough oomph. I really actually like the winner a lot. I think Sand is a very good song, and I think Saba's performance of it was very good. I think that Sand is the only song that should have won that contest. And the fact that it was as close as it was is horrifying to me. The really horrifying fact is that it was three points not winning to Johnny, which I think might be the worst song in this entire group. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I Need Your Love is bad. Too. Nah, yeah, you're not wrong. I Need Your Love is the one that I said, I said, not a good enough ballad. <laughs> yeah. But Johnny, I said, was diary entry the song. <laughs> but Jeremy, there were music notes falling from the sky. Yeah, at some yeah, point. yeah okay. <laughs> it, it, it's strange because Bossium, who sings Johnny, he's competed before. 2014, he was the artist who came after they won most recently. He came in ninth with a That's with cliche good. love song. The man clearly knows how to do it, and I don't want to rag on the song too bad because apparently I will. it is. <laughs> if it's about a real thing that happened to him, then I'm like, brother. <laughs> Just like your song says, that's messed up. That's the best song you could write about that <laughs> happening to you? Come on. The song just kind of sounds like, it sounds like there weren't lyrics written beforehand. He's just kind of making it up as he yeah, goes Yeah, it sounds like he's free associating. <laughs> People always brought a wine of whiskey. And to be honest, that is kind of risky. Because Johnny had an issue with alcohol that nobody knew. 
also makes me so reluctant to make fun of it is because the song does not yeah, hide I, what it's about at all. His his he was visiting his dad in a hospice and he met a guy named Johnny who was also there and also at the end of his life. And Johnny was reflecting on the fact that he's getting a lot of positive attention now that he's dying. And he kind of wishes that he had a closer bond with people when he was still active and not on his deathbed. That is a great sentiment for a song. It's truly yeah. meaningful. It's just that if this is nope, nope, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna say that because that's mean. I, <laughs> I just fine. If you're if that is your tribute to your dead friend, maybe don't. Maybe leave your dead friend alone. <laughs> oh my like, god. It's terrible. Y'all are so cold. That's Damn. A bad song. I tried. I really Oscar, did. You're gonna you're gonna go to bat for Johnny? I'm not going to go to bat. I'm going to go. I'm just going to tap the bat for okay. a second. <laughs> okay. I mean, listen, you have to look at the songs comparatively speaking. Okay. If you take all eight songs and compare them to each other, I would say that song is probably in third place, which is not great compared no. to the other. I mean, Mirrorball of Hope. Like, oh, my God. Like, that is an atrocious yeah, song. Yeah, that song's pretty She bad. said, I'm going to be Little Mermaid and then just take a giant turd on it it made no sense i was like this what is this this is what it is was this? very pandery on? yeah it was bad i hated it i hated it you weren't moved by the mermaid on the disco ball no, I <laughs> Truly wasn't. Truly bizarre staging. Truly bizarre. Yes, yeah, some yes. weird stuff. Over a there. lot of it didn't really make sense. I thought Johnny was fine compared to the other ones, but I will say I will defend Denmark for a second to say that it is on record the most diverse national final we've seen so far. That's fair. Okay, that is we've fair. had Saba, who is of color, which is amazing. And for that reason alone, I'm like, deserves to win. We have Choo Choo <laughs> with the Chase Zoom Zoom, which not a great song, a great but song. I'm like, I appreciate that there's someone of color performing on stage. My God, we needed to see some melanin on that stage. And I got it with Saba. And I'm happy to say that that was by far the best song that night. I think that was the only choice for Denmark. Easily. Yeah. Exactly. Especially especially because at first I heard it and I was like, okay, this is this is good. I love the staging of it and I love the performance of it. But when she sang it after she won, to me, she won me over. Mm. Just her winning the song and getting emotional and like missing some of the lyrics because she was so in her feelings. To me, I was like, oh my God, I'm so happy yeah, for bring that right energy, now. yeah. Exactly. I'm inclined to agree because I was worried during the super final because once again, the top three had to perform again. And as much as we ragged on Johnny, Basim is an incredible performer. Yeah, I won't fault him there. Yes. Yeah. The connection he has with the crowd cannot be denied. His voice is good. It's just that song is terrible. Yeah, lyrically, it's a mess. It's a disaster. Poor Saba, like she's very nervous. The only thing she needs is more confidence. Hmm. She did not think she was going to win. I'll be, I'll tell you that right now. No, she was shocked that she won. And her earpiece was failing the whole night. Yeah. During all of her performances, her earpiece fell out yeah. and was malfunctioning the whole time. So the fact that she won over a former DMG champion with a faulty earpiece and overcoming her nerves, she is ready. I yeah. think, yeah, she's going to hopefully be really confident just knowing that it's like, hey, you already won MGP. It's a good song and she's a good singer. So I think it has a real shot. And I think has a real shot of at least making it to the finals in Eurovision, you yes. know? You can break Denmark's streak. If this doesn't make it to the finals, I will be bummed because I do like this song. 
I don't know if it's a Eurovision winner, but I'm. This is a song I'm rooting for. This might be a spoiler, Jeremy, but I have a question for you. Hit me. Is this your favorite song from Super Saturday? Uh, yes, it is. Mm, okay. Real <laughs> Dimitri's eyes just popped wow, out of his head. Dimitri! Whoa! <laughs> We're gonna have a conversation a little bit. No, what are you gonna say? No, it's gonna be mean again, and I don't. I'm trying not, you know what? Listen, you're the Simon Cowell of your evangelist, I don't Dimitri. Want to be, I want to be a nice person. I gotta say, I really like this song. I was glad that it won. I agree that I thought her like winner's performance was like really cool. Mm-hmm. I'll also say a couple of these finals like didn't have a lot for me personally. Oh. So like, yeah, I, I was psyched that like, oh, this wins. I don't know that we have a song like this in our Eurovision 2024 yet. So I'm psyched to add it to the mix. As a Eurovision fan who's not particularly fond of Euphoria, I've come to accept that no matter how <laughs> long I live, I will hear Euphoria at least five times a year. Sure. <laughs> That's fine. Maybe after I listen to this episode to make sure yeah, we've nailed everything we did. And maybe after a couple more instances this year, I'll never have to hear Johnny again. That makes you really happy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Why'd you preface it with Lorene? Why'd you got to drag Lorene into this, Dimitri? Like, this is just a fact of being a Eurovision fan. There are certain songs, whether you like them or not, you will hear them for the rest of your life. True. Fairy tale. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I'm going to separate these two for a minute. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back with the fifth and last of our national finals from this Super Saturday. We'll see you in a minute. Have you ever wanted to know the sad lore behind Chuck E. Cheese's love of birthday parties? Or my Saturday mornings were reserved for cartoons? Or have you wanted to know how beloved virtual pet site Neopets fell into the hands of Scientologists? Or how a former Mattel employee managed to grow Sega into a video game powerhouse? Join us, hosts Austin and Brenda, and learn all of these things and more at Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries, now on Maximum Fun. Welcome back, everybody, to our Super Saturday Roundup here. We've already talked about four national finals. We talked about Germany. We talked about Moldova. We talked about Lithuania. And we talked about Denmark. So now there's nowhere to go other than Tallinn in Estonia for Istilau 2024, the fifth of these national finals. What do we think of uh, Istilau this year? This was a great show to me. I didn't like all the songs, but I liked the presentation. And I like how different this final is. The Estonians typically bill their national final as a rock slash alternative music version of Melfest. And I think they absolutely delivered on that. Yeah, I have to agree. Like, I wasn't crazy about every single one of these songs, but this so final probably had the most songs that I was into out of all the finals. Mm. We just had some very unique songs in the mix, and I dug that a lot. I'm going to add that in terms of the whole show itself, I was really captivated by the interstitials of all the acts. Like they all did some sort of fun little activity before their song. Like some of them were teachings, kids. The other one was like cooking stuff for a soup kitchen. We got to see their personality shine in a way that they weren't talking about their song, which I really, really enjoyed. I, I like warmed up to all the acts. I was like, oh. I want to root for each and every one of these artists. Absolutely. It was great to see them doing public service around Estonia. That was very yeah, cool. Yeah, it was really nice. Well, if there's one oh, act. Who are you not rooting for? I'm not rooting for Brother Apollo. <gasps> oh, come on. <laughs> but they went skiing, Jeremy. I know, but I'm not crazy about these bad boys. I got to be honest with you. <laughs> 
I don't know what it is about you not liking men ripping their clothes off on the Eurovision stage and showing their bare ass. Yeah, we're getting a lot of butt cheek in this 2024 Eurovision. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. But literally, like, but I, they're bad boys. They're literally the Bart Simpsons of oh Eurovision. My God. <laughs> I have all these notes from Estonia. Bad Boy was the first Estonian song I listened to. And my note is just, come on. That's the whole note. That's it? Yeah. <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> I'm a bad boy. That's the song. Bad boy. Yeah. Come on. Don't tell your mama. Don't tell your papa. I'm sorry. How is this different than Peak Jack's Like an Animal? <laughs> a- another song I did not like. A song that actually won. <laughs> No offense to our peak Jackie. Yes, Kate, uh, we apologize. But like, I don't know. It's just so like, ooh, <laughs> ooh, we're so bad. We're such bad little boys. <laughs> and then they're out there with their leather outfits. Also, the, the lyric is leather jacket, tight jeans. I was like, brother, those are not jeans. Those are tear away leather shorts. You have contradicted yourself, sir. <laughs> you know, again, it's not the greatest song, you know, even in this contest. In terms of dynamic stage performance, you're not going to forget Brother Apollo. Well, no, I can't forget Brother Apollo now. Y'all are talking so much crap about this song, (laughs) but we have spent so much time talking about this one song, which is exactly what they want us to do. Brother Apollo saying, ha, 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 got your asses, because (laughs) we're literally deconstructing their lyrics. We're talking about their performance. And, you know, no press is bad press. You know, yes, their song did not win and it didn't do well but we really were kind of obsessed. Yeah. No, they got me. They are bad boys. <laughs> well, I don't want the bad boys to get one over on me, so <laughs> I'll just shift over to a song that I'd enjoyed very much, Annette Weichma with uh, Serotonin. I Serotonin I thought was good, yeah. I like that one. In terms of staging, it's a band performance, but they had the rock star persona. <laughs> I think the song is fun. I think she sang it very well. It was a very competent and very solid performance. Yeah. Oscar, what'd you like? You know, here's the thing. It's like, if you ask me what song I liked, I can't tell you because so much is tied to the people and these interstitials that really got me. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Carlos Ucarita with Never Growing Up. I just like liked him. And the song is like, not great. But I was like, oh my God. Yes, you're so sweet. Yeah. And, you know, the winner, obviously, was I heard it and I was like, yeah, this this one deserves to win. <laughs> Hands down. I liked Cora Veal a lot. Oh, uh, Peter Potter. Peter Potter, which uh, at first I was like, yeah, this is all right. And then I didn't think it was going to win, but I was like, this song should like be on an episode of Miami Vice, you know? Mm-hmm. And like has like a fun dark 80s vibe that is yes, or like a nighttime yeah. 80s vibe that I really dug. Mm-hmm. Of all the entrants, I was like, this is definitely the coolest song. Yeah. yeah. Yes, they absolutely. just felt very, very hip. All right. So like a lot of the finals we've talked about today, we got the top three went to a super final. And that's Ali's My Friend. That's Nele Lis Vaikso's Kate Umbria. And good Lord, 
<laughs> I'll help you out with yeah, the band. Yeah, please. I beg you. The band, it, it's two bands. It's Visminus and Kulup. Okay. Visminus, that was the four younger guys, the kind of rappers. Yeah. Kulup are the older folk band guys, and they merge together to make one Eurovision entry. Mm, shades so, of uh, Kalush Orchestra here. Hey, shades of Moldova 2022, folklore and rock and roll. Very true. Very shades true. of Estonia 2001. That's right. Merging Dave Benton and that boy band and Tenel Pendar. You gotta love a, a super group for Eurovision's yeah. sake. And guess what? Estonia won in 2001 with that That's talk. Right. So That's you know, listen. Well, let's be honest. They got a shot at winning this year because they sent Nende. All right, let me try on this. Okay. Good oh, luck. boy. Good luck. So Visminust and Pulup did a song called Nendest Narkutukumidist Aitimi Kulmidagi. That is probably unbelievably far off, but I beg you to look at the name of this song and tell me if you could do better. <laughs> There's a fun fact about this song. This is now the longest Eurovision <laughs> song name of all time. Yeah, that checks out. And do we know what that translates to? I do, actually. I, I looked mm. it up because, unsurprisingly, I love this song. It's right up my alley. <laughs> um, this song roughly translates to, we don't know anything about these drugs. God, what a great name for a song. <laughs> and the, the song is, it's very, it's funny to, you know, if you understand the, the language. I'm going to try and explain it because I'm not sure I have it exactly right, but this is what I get. So basically... They've been raided by the police. The police are looking for drugs. The artists are saying, we don't even know how to do drugs. We're just weird <laughs> dudes who like to play folk music and dance. We're just happy because we're artists. Drugs are for rich people. We just like to party. And you might think that we're into drugs. We might look like guys who are into drugs. We might act like guys who are into drugs. But we're just really weird dudes. And the silliness is brilliant. The fact that these guys are just going so hard, being so silly, and yet playing their instruments so well, it's silliness and virtuosity blended together in a really strong entry. <laughs> I will say my note on this song was fun, a Dimitri pick for sure. <laughs> I got a text message. I woke up to a text message this morning that linked to this video. And my friend who said it was like, this is your number one, isn't it? And I said, no, it's my number three. <laughs> <laughs> I still like Italy and Norway a little better. But when I say ethnobop, this is what this is it, about. man. Mm. I got to say, it's a good song. Everyone in Europe's gonna be doing this dance. Like this is gonna catch on like wildfire. Oscar's crushing it right now. As the pro dancer here, <laughs> that you gotta love this. It's great. It's really fun. You know, now that I know what the song is called, it's a little strange um, watching children sing along to it <laughs> at the performance. <laughs> Everyone knew the words. Everybody was singing along. Yeah. I mean, this was clearly to me the winner. I was like, oh, oh, everyone's on board. But, you know, having children sing it, it's I a said, little weird. Uh, hmm, <laughs> oh, okay, that's what that's about. Okay, mm, interesting. Interesting, interesting. <laughs> it's okay. interesting because it, it was very popular in the arena, but I would say there was a strong Ollie following as well. Ollie is a mm. very popular artist in Estonia. Is it the same when 
Ollie competed last year at the Estonian final and came in second again. Wow. If you watch the Estonian national final, you'll hear this one girl just screaming Ollie's name <laughs> at random intervals through the show. I thought Ollie was going to win for sure. And oh. I didn't, I wasn't particularly fond of Ollie's song. I mean, I don't think it's a bad song, but compared to Vismenus and Pulup, there's no contest. The right choice was made. What's interesting, too, I mean, if we want to go talk about sort of like what they're carrying over from last year, this is a huge departure from Bridges. Yeah, major, major departure. Bridges, very traditional ballad. And this is about as far from that as you can get. It's it's cool. It just is. It feels dynamic. There are so many people on stage. I wonder what it's going to look like in Eurovision because you can only have six people max on stage. And I think there's a total of six people just, in the group. Yeah, yes? right. Vismenust is four people. Pulup is two. Those two two guys with those instruments. Anybody know what these instruments are called? You know, they mentioned it a couple times, but I don't remember the words. Apparently, it's a Swedish instrument that has over a thousand <gasps> years old. Pandering. So, pandering. pandering. Wow, Jeremy. Whoa, you might be right. It's working for me. It's working for me, and it will work <laughs> I don't for hate Sweden, it. too. <laughs> yeah it's a fun song i hope it does well it's also nice to get this is another song where it's like i don't know that we have this song yet in our in yes. our 2024 eurovision it's like i said about nebulosa it's nice to see some older people who actually mm -hmm. are be are, are popular among the eurovision fans this year yeah for real we haven't seen this i would say in many years we remember in denmark uh, 20, uh 2000 the olsen brothers the olsen brothers won estonia 2021 dave benton what the oldest eurovision winner of all time yeah. and then for older people, it's kind of been a drought until now-ish, so. Yeah, it's begun, It's become a young kid's sport, but this year, nah, -uh, we ain't ageist. Uh-uh, we're incorporating all ages in this baby. I like this a lot. So, we must return to our perennial question, have we heard the winner of Eurovision? And Dimitri, I know you've, you've sort of reassessed since last week about Italy's entry. I am so ready to eat shit on this one, <laughs> <laughs> but you have to be bold in this life. As we see the shape of this year's Eurovision, I'm very pleased with what we're seeing. Like I, like we said at the top, this is a wide open year. Like there is no set determined front runner right now. Yeah, I don't feel like there is yet. And of the now 19 songs that we have, and again, anything can happen at this point, but I think we do have the winning song. I think we do. <gasps> I think the songs that are currently leading the winner's in there somewhere. I would say of the top five songs that the Eurovision group fandom can agree on, the winner's in there somewhere. Well, so what five are those? I would say, and this is just me assuming, I would say those are Italy, yeah. uh, Ukraine. Angelita Mango, Lenoya. And then Jerry Hale and Iona. I think they're certainly in contention for the win. Yeah, I would agree. I would say Norway is a, certainly a dark horse for the win. I think that's absolutely true. I think Luxembourg is definitely among the top contenders for sure. Tali's fighter. And who's the last one? A lot of people are putting a lot of weight on Slovenia, Raven. Yeah, they are. I think that's deserved. I think that's a cool song. I don't know that that's going to, that's a winner. With the proper staging, that could be a force to reckon with. I think so. Yeah, that's a fair point. 
especially because we haven't seen the performance at all. Yeah, like, this right? is someone who is going in fresh. So it could be something really exciting or it could be something really boring that we've seen before. Only time will tell. Jeremy, how about you? Do you think we found a Eurovision winner amongst our rank? Boy, I don't know. I, I do really like sand and I I would put it in. It's probably going to end up in my top five. Dimitri's giving me eyebrows. All right. Sorry, it's not an ethno bop, you nerd. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that shit is not going to cover the top 10. You don't think Sam's Oh my God, Dimitri. No, no, it will not. Denmark is going to qualify for the final. I believe that to be true. After four years in the desert, I think they will qualify. I don't think it's going to be a top 10. No, not even close. Wow. I don't know about that. You know, I, I, I'm I sorry to say, Jeremy, but I do agree with Dimitri, not because it's a bad song, but because I do think the vibe of the song feels a little too close to Tattoo by Loreen. That's fair. And I think the winner of this year is going to be something totally different. Yeah, okay. But, you know, I would love to see that song up there. Like, I'm rooting for that song. I'm definitely rooting for that artist. Oh, my God. Like, I'm just, I love her so much. I just want everyone to take care of her. <laughs> just to make her go to the finals. What about you, Oscar? You got a winner? I, You know, I, last week I said hopefully, and this week I'm going to say the same thing. Hopefully. But we never know. All of these entries are so different. I don't know what the audience is going to go for because there hasn't been, like, a unified factor just yet. But hopefully we found it. You know, I I wasn't sold on this song at first, but now after I've given it some time and listened to the song a couple of times, I'm really rooting for Spain to make it at least in the top 10. I've listened to that a couple of times too, and it's pretty good. And different. It's a thing. It's like a, we haven't had a winner like this song. I want to see, you know, some like an older person win Eurovision. It yeah. might be Estonia. It might be Spain. But I'm rooting for both of those in particular. And of course, I want Luxembourg to make it yeah. in the top five. Um, a lot of people are like think it has a good chance. But pe a lot of people don't like like the song, which I'm like, oh, wow. a, that song is amazing. It's a good song. It's a good song. But people are just like, nah, nah, we're not really feeling it. So I'm, I'm still rooting for Tally's fighter but I'm I'm really 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 gunning for uh, La Nebulosa to to do really well and hopefully win the whole thing well this was quite a week a lot of new entries a lot of exciting stuff next week will be a bit quieter but we've still got two great national finals to talk about we're talking about Croatia's Dora 2024 and of course San Marino's Una Voce por oh, San Marino. God. Why do they add so many songs? Yeah, I don't know that we're going to be able to address all 129 songs is the current count. Yep. Get out of here. I'm so tired. But we'll be talking about San Marino in some capacity. Also, we'll finally have some time to catch up with all the internal selections that have been coming out, which means we will talk about the new songs from Poland, Belgium, Cyprus, and Austria. Can't wait to uh, listen to those and chat about them. Also, we should have time for the return of postcards. We'll get to some listener mail, uh, which we've been getting a lot more of. So I assume people are listening to the end of the show where I say, please send us <laughs> an email if you I have questions. So. Yeah. We have so many great questions. I actually feel bad we haven't gotten to them because we have so many finals. I know. Honestly, it's like they're kind of stacking up. We'll pick something good. Also, be sure to check out the companion playlist. All the songs, especially like the past Eurovision songs that we talk about in this episode, you can find in the companion playlist on Spotify. Also, just check out the Eurovangelist account. There's lots of stuff there as well. Just a quick rundown. Uh, the Roop came back this year, didn't win. Boston came back this year, didn't win. Kano came back this year, didn't win. Margaret Burger came back, didn't win. Dolly Deluxe came back this year, didn't win. Il Volo, uh, Mahmoud, Diodato, Milovin. None of these people, not one oh, of these people. That's already won. a lot. So, 
We only have one returning Eurovision artist from Moldova. Uh, we do have Constracta coming back mm. uh, to compete on behalf of Serbia again. So perhaps that will change. But thus far, it's a crop of new faces minus one. And that is very exciting to me. Exciting indeed. Well, we'll talk more about that next week on the next episode of Eurovangelist. We'll see you then. Send the witch is. Uh, yes, don't forget to send the witches, please. This has been Eurovangelists, your guide to the Eurovision Song Contest. Your hosts have been myself, Jeremy Bent, Oscar Montoya, and Dimitri Pompey. Our theme was arranged and recorded by Cody McCory and Faye Fatum, and the Eurovangelist logo was designed by Tom Deha. Production support for this show was provided by the Maximum Fun Network, in particular Stacey Molsky and Laura Swisher. We call her the Swish. The show is edited by myself, and audio mixing help was courtesy of the sound wizard himself, Shane O'Connell. You can find us on social media as at Eurovangelist on Twitter and Instagram, or send us an email at Eurovangelist at gmail.com. Also follow the Eurovangelist account on Spotify and check out our playlist of Eurovision hits, competitors in upcoming national finals, and companion playlists to every single episode, including this one. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>